You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio. And it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, September 5th, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, September 6th, 2020, on the great WGOLN Russellville, Alabama. So uh, we're just going to get right into the content today. But before we do, David, I want a mic check. How, how do I sound? Oh, you sound wonderful, brother. How are you doing Fantastic. this morning? I'm living the dream. I'm doing good. Uh, happy Saturday. It's happy Labor Day weekend. But like I said, uh, we're going we're gonna to get right into the content today. Uh, I'll do my preamble a little bit later. We've been talking about the strike at Bath Ironworks in Maine by the Machinist Union Local S6 for, for quite a while, uh, for, for a, a few weeks now. And they're back at work after winning concessions from the company. Uh, and we're bringing the interviews we did with two of the workers there. The interviews ranged from what led up to the strike immediately before the strike itself, uh, contract negotiations, the locals' history, the labor movement generally. It's just super wide-ranging interviews, and we really enjoyed being able to do them. Uh, this was the largest private sector strike in the country this year, with more than 4,300 workers walking off the job for nine weeks. So we're really glad that we were able to get uh, folks from that local to talk to us. It's such a big story in the labor movement. Uh, but uh, one caveat is that we won't be able to play all of each interview on the radio. Uh, so what you're going to be listening to are highlights. These are pre-recorded interviews. If you'd like to listen to the whole interviews, then make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, The Valley Labor Report on YouTube. The uncut interviews are going to be coming out uh, and they're going to be on our podcasting apps over the next couple of weeks. But if you're a supporter on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash the valley labor report then you're going to get access to the whole interviews a week early uh, so make sure that you're supporting us on patreon if you think we're doing some good work and uh, make sure that you're subscribed to us on youtube uh, if you can't afford uh, supporting us financially and that's totally fine um, if you and if you'd like to chat with us about the strike after the interviews play then give us a call at 1-866-494-9866 without further ado David, let's play our first interview with Levi from the Machinist Union Local S6. Brother, it looks like my audio is not working. Oh, no, really? Yep, yep. I can hear it on the stream. I can hear the interview on the stream, but you're not able to get it out on the radio? 
we are not getting it out on the radio. Oh, man. Am I going out on the radio? You are going out on the radio. It's just that the video is not. Oh, man. Shoot. Okay. Hmm. Give me a minute. Let's talk about Labor Day for a second. Let's see if we can okay. uh, get this yeah. audio fixed. We yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of riff on Labor Day for a second. Um, sorry, sorry about that, folks. It's uh, uh, difficult to figure out <laughs> sometimes some of the uh, some of the ways to uh, um, that we have to finagle to to get stuff to work on the radio. But um, but like I said, it's a really good interview. And uh, even if we're not able to get it out on the radio this weekend, it is going to be on our YouTube page in the next couple of weeks. And uh, it will be on Patreon within the week if you're a supporter on Patreon. So uh, make sure that make sure that you're doing that. But Labor Day is on Monday. So that means that a lot of folks in the Valley are going to be um, you know they're going to, uh, they're going to be off work on Monday, and why is that? You know, like a, a lot of folks. Um, you know, there, there's a big complaint around a lot of holidays that you know, with Christmas, with Veterans Day, with Memorial Day, uh, just anything. It seems like um, there's there's a common complaint that you know people don't know why we're doing this. People have forgotten the true meaning of Christmas or people have forgotten the true meaning of Veterans Day or Memorial Day, right? That's, that's a common thing. And, and, it, and it's no different with Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day has been kind of mystified, abstracted, um, and, and people don't really think about like, uh, how did we get this day off? Is this just, you know, is this just a day off work? Is this just a day, you know, th for most people, this is just a day that you, that you get off work and you go and grill and you don't really think about anything else. Um, but Labor Day in the United States has a really interesting history and uh, a bit of a sordid history, <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, we did a really deep dive before we got on the radio. Again, this is on our YouTube channel. We did a pretty deep dive on the origins of May Day, which is the International Labor Day. Um, and, we, and so uh, we talked a little bit about the September Labor Day that Americans celebrate. No other country celebrates Labor Day on uh, the first Monday in September. Um, most countries have their Labor Day on May the 1st. And so there's there's a really um, there's a really long story about how that came to be, but the gist of it is that um, May first was always associated with more radical elements and more militant elements of the labor movement, which is. Um, which I think David and I both, uh, we, we both identify with more. And um, in order to cut us off from that history, from the history of people that were uh, doing general strikes in Chicago in the late 1800s, where almost every industry shut down on May the 1st, in order to cut us off from the history of people that, of unionists that believed that workers should own the means of production and should be able to, that they were entitled to the full fruits of their labor, in order to cut us off from this history of militant and effective action the oligarchy in the united states uh the president grover cleveland and the right wing of the labor movement in the american federation of labor they pushed for us to celebrate labor day on 
uh, in September instead of on May the 1st, like every other country in the world does. Um, and it's worked pretty effectively. Like nobody, uh, you know, and nobody even knows that, that Labor Day really is associated with, with unions and, and um, that the fact that, you know, unions are the one are the people work are the working people that got us this day off that it's not just something that was bequeathed to us um and and so they're definitely cut off from the history of may the first and that's really unfortunate that um you know that 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 we've we've allowed ourselves to be cut off from our history like that it's it's um it's really tragic because there's there's a lot of good history um about about May Day, about uh, um, May the 1st, and, and why that's the real, you know, the real Labor Day. Uh, that's why every other country in the world celebrates it on that day. And, um, and you know, the, the capitalist class, the owner class is just so much stronger in America that they were able to pull us away from, <laughs> from, from our more radical history. Yeah, and, and yeah, I had done a little bit of research on the May Day because I kind of figured we, and, and just so everybody knows, I'm having, I'm like struggling with this video this morning. Generally, we hadn't had any problems with video going out uh, and been able to stream over the radio, but for some reason, these are not going, these aren't wanting to go out. Um, mm. So, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's so difficult to try to troubleshoot. While, right, while I, you're on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not like we can troubleshoot up here during the week and try to uh, broadcast. So I apologize for that. That's uh that's a slip up on my part. But you know, we had done I'd done a little bit of research uh on Labor Day, you know, on some of the history going back and uh you know the the reason why, you know, the government basically capitulated uh, they didn't want mm -hmm. to give us give workers a day to celebrate what we had done, what we you know no, what we not. had created in this nation, uh, you know, all the way back to the early 1800s uh, with the start of the the uh, industrial revolution and people working seven days a week and 12 hours a day, and the fact that we've come almost full circle. Now, granted, we don't have child labor, but how often do you hear we don't? We really don't need unions any longer, mm -hmm. yet, you know, most people don't have more than just a few hundred dollars in their savings account, and they're, and they're one major uh, incident away from being, being bankrupt. And most people are working six and seven days a week just to get by, you know. And, and the, it, it, it really speaks to where we're at today, uh, looking back at, looking back at the wage inequality what we seen in the night early 1900s is almost identical to the wage inequality we're seeing today mm -hmm. uh, you know as far as the one percent versus the 99 percent and and we we are happy to go along with that because we've got they've given us just enough to make us feel like we're surviving you know right. a decent car a nice house some some sports on TV, a phone, and everybody thinks that they're making it when, mm -hmm. you know, the fact of the matter is most people, it, especially your age, I mean, you can probably speak to this better than I can, but for certain people in my, the Gen Xers as well, are going to have a difficult time retiring and getting right. out of the workplace. Yeah, well, you, you can look at the... You, you can look at graphs of 
people's wealth um, of the of, of different generations wealth and you can compare it to and so there there's multiple graphs comparing you know millennial wealth to uh, Gen X and to boomer wealth at when they were in the same age bracket and it's astounding how much less wealth millennials have compared to Gen X when they were our age and boomers when they were our age and a big part of that is um, you know, you've got student loans, obviously, um, but you, uh, but the wage stagnation, I mean, like I make, uh, I make basically, or it, when you account for inflation, I, I make significantly less, but my starting salary was only $3,000 higher than my mother's starting salary when she went into the workforce after college 30 years ago with the same degree. We have the same, I have the same degree as my mother and she made the same starting salary as I did, basically $3,000 less 30 years ago. I mean, that's crazy. That's insane. And, um, and of course, part of the reason for that is a declining, um, a declining strength of the labor movement. You know, unions don't have we don't have the uh, uh, the the power that we used to have, and and uh, so you know we're able to be taken more advantage of by the capitalist class. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We have been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, Call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. 
What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcasts. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see you all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. Depend on it. Good morning and welcome back to the Valley Labor Report, folks. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. Uh, you have any luck over the break? No luck, brother. No luck, luck. whatsoever. It shows Man. that the, it show, the audio levels are, are perfect, but for yeah. some reason we are not able to get it out over the radio. I mean, it, I, mm. I'm absolutely positive it's playing on the stream, but that ain't going right. to do a whole lot for the folks that's driving in the yeah, cars right, right, right now. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, I did have uh, I, I could hear it on the stream earlier, but uh, but yeah, if it's not going out on the radio, then then it's not not doing much. So, um, man, I'm sorry about that, folks. But man, this is good. Uh, good reason to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, the Valley Labor Report. These are some really good interviews. And, and uh, David, let, let's just let's talk about the strike. Let's talk about the interviews some um, and, and, and talk about some of the things that we talked about. And and, you know, um, since we were we were anticipating, you know, having two or three segments of, of interviews. Um, if you uh, folks, if you want to call in, make do that. Feel free. We're gonna have we're gonna have more time than anticipated today. So one eight six six four nine four nine eight six six. That's one eight six six four nine four W V N N. If you'd like to call in, um, but yeah, David, why don't you uh, why don't you give us um, why, why don't you give us a little bit of a uh, uh, little bit of a rundown of, of what's been going on up there. Sorry, I'm still over here trying to get that audio working. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they, they were what well, the the crux of it was, uh, like you said, they have four th- over four thousand three hundred members. They the company is uh, it's Bath Ironworks, which builds mm-hmm. uh, Navy ships. You know, uh, some of the, some of the largest ships in the world, and they General Dynamics had is well known in this industry not just in uh you know in uh, the shipbuilding, but also in aerospace as well uh we know very well because we've got a lot of members that uh that work with us that are from general dynamics but they're very well known mm-hmm. for the tactic that they use to break unions constantly i mean right. one of the reasons why we are in Decatur. Why my membership is in Decatur building the, what we are is the fact that General Dynamics done their best early on to, to outsource everything, uh, not only them, but several other companies, but to outsource everything to Alabama and the hopes mm-hmm. that, you know, all of these uh, 
and it's right to work state and all of these people that they didn't realize had such a strong labor history uh, would not form a union. Uh, so mm-hmm. luckily, luckily, uh, in the early stages of, of our plant, we we were brought in with the machinist union. But uh, to get back to uh, S6, they, they knew going in that it was going to be difficult because the work group is divided so much between a very uh, older, and I, when I say older, I mean, you know, people like John that mm-hmm. had 30, 40 years out there on the, on the uh, shipbuilding experience, and then a lot of the younger folks. And, and, and you know, it speaks to this, uh, what John talked about with the two-tier wage system that got through in one of the previous contracts. They've divided that workforce up to where mm-hmm. the old hands are making pretty good money, and the new hands are, are being brought in at a fairly low wage. So uh, that's one of the tactics is they, that they use. And right. so going in, they realized that they were going, it was going to be an uphill battle. But they didn't realize where, what the company was going to try to come after as far as seniority rights. You know, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I talked to the uh, business rep about up there was the fact that you know, you've got these folks that you got highly skilled welders, uh, highly highly skilled guys like John that was doing his job, and I'm sure Levi as well, even though he didn't mention what he was doing. Uh, that ha- that are the they have an expertise, a very good expertise, but they're also strong union activists. Right. And the what the company was wanting to do was if if. For example, you know they have they the janitors or the you know what have you are are union labor as well. They to the point to where the company wanted to not worry about seniority. If this guy had forty years out here on the on the on uh, in the plant, they would be able to shift them up to. I think it was up to two years. It may have just been one, but I think it was two years cleaning toilets for for the next two years. And like <laughs> yeah. we talked about. That don't make good business sense. No. You know, you knew it didn't make good business sense when you heard it. I, you know, everybody knows it doesn't make good business sense. But the problem is these companies have more money than they have sense. They don't really care about what makes good business sense or not. Right. They care about b- busting the union up. Right. And that is that's a, exactly, and that's from the from the business sense that that is where they're thinking that they might can make it up is because uh, they want to they want to be able to bust the union they want to be able to destroy worker power and if it costs them a buck in 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 the short term uh, you know they want to be able they think they they can make it up in the long term um, but and, and another thing and and like you talked about with trying to subcontract out work to Alabama, um, that was another big thing. Like, like seniority, you know, being able to say like, no, I'm, I'm a 50 year, uh, structural engineer or a welder or something. You're not going to put me on like paint duty or cleaning toilets or something like that's stupid, you know? Uh, but the second thing was subcontracting and they were trying to subcontract out a significant amount of the work. And, uh, 
why, and, and they were talking about how poor a job these subcontractors were doing. They were coming up there and they were, and the union folks were having to redo everything that they did because they didn't, they weren't making things up to the Navy specs. They weren't doing, I mean, they just weren't, they weren't doing anything right. And they were having to, there was so much rework that was having to happen. Um, and, and why were they willing to eat so much cost and in, in rework? Why were they willing to, uh, why were they willing to eat so much cost putting a highly specialized uh, person with a lot of experience welding on toilet duty because they wanted to bust the union that that's why they wanted to bust the union they wanted to destroy worker power and that that's the that's you know that's the alpha and omega of the thing that's the beginning and the end of, of the thing is that they, they wanted to bust the union but the good news is is that this union was strong um, they were able to build solidarity across some of these um, across some of these divides between the old and the and the young folks and uh, come together and they were able to win a good contract they saved their seniority they saved their um, and they saved their subcontracting stuff so it's great yeah yeah we're about to go back into a break, Jacob. Uh, I hear the intro music coming on. So, folks, you're listening to the Valley Labor Report. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org, that's arm in arm the number four climate.org to learn more. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care and stay safe. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcasts. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. News Talk 770 AM, 925 FM, WVNN. Shasha, at it up. You got the principal, Terry, at it up. You got the fire, Shasha, at it up. You got the principal, Terry, at it up. You got the fire.
All right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. Um, we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about Labor Day, been talking about the Beth Ironworks strike, um, and and where we left off, we were talking about what they won, and and you know the two big issues were. Um, they wanted to protect their seniority, um, which, which you know, basically says that I'm a 50-year uh, super experienced welder. You can't go make me clean toilets, and you can't throw me on third shift if I don't want to go on third shift, which I think you've earned after 50 years of service at a company. And uh, subcontracting, that they're not going to subcontract out work to outside of the company, which means non-union labor, which means cheaper labor, and which often means... Um, not as good quality labor. But they did also win a, and this wasn't one of the main things, but they still won a big raise. They won a 3% per year raise for every year of the contract, which is like three years, um, which that's significant, like 3% every year for three years. That's a, that's a good raise schedule, I think. Um, and especially the fact that like that wasn't even one of the main things they were concerned about that that goes to show like how powerful their strike was that they got both of the things that they were super concerned about and they got another thing they got uh, these you know pretty substantial raises for everybody um and and you know i think that really goes to show you like how powerful how powerful having a union is in your workplace and how much how much more leverage it brings you um you know because like if you go if you go up somewhere and you're like um yeah i'm not uh uh i, I i'm personally not working unless you give me three percent raises per year for the next three years and you give me seniority and you give me and, and you won't like subcontract out my work to anybody like you don't have the leverage to do that but like a union of working people a union of people that are willing to stand and fight for each other you can get that you you are you know you're the one who makes things happen right like this is one of the things that i that i always talk to people to kind of like wake them up is that um would ha what would happen in your place of work if your boss left tomorrow like just something crazy happened and like they had to move and um or or maybe they died or uh or, or for for whatever reason your boss just wasn't at work tomorrow would your workplace still be able to function of course it would of course it would in almost every circumstance you are going to be able to do your job without your boss looking over your shoulder and in a lot of circumstances you can do it better okay now the second question is what happens if all of the workers are gone tomorrow what happens if everybody who's not a supervisor is gone tomorrow right the work doesn't get done they supervise work not getting done and so having a union that collective bargaining power that brings all of that power that all the workers have together right because you don't have that much power as an individual in your workplace but you have so much power if you come together and you fight for each other that's that you know that that's what we're talking about and that's what these folks were able to win up in Maine I mean it, it's a it's a great story I, I'm so happy that things worked out well for them um, and, and, you know, uh, 
I hope I hope folks take courage from it and I hope folks do go and listen to the interviews they're really really good and I really hate that we weren't able to sh- uh, to put them out on uh, over the radio this weekend um, because they are really good so so make sure that you're subscribed to us on YouTube at the Valley Labor Report or you're supporting us on Patreon and we're going to get those interviews out as soon as we can um, and if you want to talk to us about the strike or about Labor Day or about anything else give us a call one eight six six four nine four nine eight that is one eight six six four nine four W V N N. And one of the, you know, one of the things that 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 they won from that that you didn't touch on, and I think is very important, is they they built the solidarity across all those age groups, across all those classifications, and across all those workers to come together and work as one cohesive unit. And make a demand on the company that that they felt was was fair and just and right, you know. Because a lot of times we talk about the we talk about the wages, we talk about uh, you know the seniority, we talk about maybe re- a retirement and health care benefits and things like that. But rarely do we talk about the one thing that's so important uh, of every union. And that's building that solidarity. When I say solidarity, a lot of folks out there may not may maybe listening that don't understand what solidarity is because you know we tend to throw that that term around pretty easily. But you know the solidarity mm-hmm. is is bringing everybody together under one big tent and and everyone having the same goal, everyone having the same uh, mindset. Uh, this is what we want. And we're not going to give up till we get it because you know as it's it's wonderful that they won. No, nobody ever wants to go into contract negotiations or even come out of contract negotiations as far as that goes with with a strike as the main purpose of uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, the main goal of what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, we the the main goal is to sit down with the company and negotiate fair wages, fair benefits, you know, fair working conditions. And everybody walk away happy. But the problem is what we've gotten into the past 20 or 30 years ever since basically the PATCO uh, terminations is the companies have realized let's just force them out and try to break their spirit and Mm -hmm. we'll make more money. And so, you know, building that solidarity, that cohesiveness, man, that's – and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when they go into negotiations on their next contract, the company will absolutely take them serious because this is yeah. it's the same thing that happened to us in 05 when we went out on strike for retiree health care. They, 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 I mean, something as simple as the new hires aren't going to get retiree health care from this point on, but we'll let all of you old hands that's already here continue to keep your retiree health care well that's mm-hmm. so, that is a that if there is ever a union breaking proposition it's dividing up the this group against right. all the new group coming in they struck for 93 days on the picket line and i can tell you wow. 93 days three months yeah. without a paycheck three months without health insurance trying to support families is 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 an absolute heartbreak mm-hmm. when we come back off of that strike on the next contract negotiations 
everybody across the board averaged over five dollar an hour pay increases right so you know once once you get to that point where the company if you don't strike the company Mm -hmm. quits taking you serious because that's the only truly that's the only effective uh measure direct action that you've got to make them realize we're not going to take it anymore yeah so yeah i mean yeah i mean like um you know, I'm I'm always repping uh, Jane McAlevey, but she says that, uh, you know, she talks about how direct action and the strike is like a muscle. And, you know, if you don't use it, it atrophies and uh, you get less good at it. And, um, you know, as your muscles atrophy, your enemies, your boss takes you less seriously. You know, if you if you're a union that hasn't struck in 20 years and you're trying to negotiate a contract, your boss isn't going to take you as seriously because they're you know they're going to think, oh well, they'll they'll never go on strike. They'll take whatever I can. They'll take whatever I give them. And especially that's especially the case in a non-union workplace because you don't have you don't have any means by which to defend yourself. So you have to exercise. You know, you have to exercise your muscles, right? You've got to, if you're in a if you're in like a life or death situation or you're in a boxing match or something, you don't want to go without having worked out in 20 years, right? You want to train, you want to prepare, prepare, and you want to keep your muscles strong. And so, um, you know, so like, like you said, people never want to go on strike. Uh, that's never like the goal of any contract negotiations, but, um, but, you know, I mean, it's an important thing to do uh, to make sure that your company is taking you seriously occasionally. You know, it's an important thing to do occasionally to make sure that your company is taking you seriously, to make sure that you have uh, broad solidarity among the members, you know, that, that your retirees, like you said, or your almost retirees aren't going to throw the young folks under the bus. Um, because, like you said, that's a union breaking proposition. That is absolutely a union-breaking proposition. What they were trying to do is they were trying to get the retirees to vote yes on the contract and the uh, enough enough older people to vote yes on the contract that uh, the contract goes through. And and that goes to like you were saying, and we'll talk about this some more after the break. But you were talking about this in the interview. Nobody made these people go on strike. They voted to go on strike themselves. There was not some union boss in New York or D.C. that told them to go on strike. They voted to go on strike themselves, their whole uh, bargaining unit, because this contract was unfair. So, Brothers and sisters, you're listening to the Valley Labor Report. My name is David Story. This is Jacob Morrison on the line with us. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of the climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. 
We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate, or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation. From the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm. The number four, climate.org, to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into the talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer, and you're looking to start work on a project, or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing, to seal and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment and much more. They supply manpower on four of the five largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent, and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 3334 that's 256-383-3334, or via email at local477 at bellsouth.net, and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Valley Labor Report. 7 Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report, folks. My name is David Story. On the Zoom conference with me today is Jacob Morrison. He's uh, he's incognito, hiding out. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. So you know, last week I was, um, last week I was calling from Connecticut, and I was helping somebody move to Maine, and um, and so CDC guidelines uh, recommend either quarantining for two weeks or getting a test before you interact with folks. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting a, I'm, I'm getting a coronavirus test this afternoon, but I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure that I was keeping my good brother safe. Um, wasn't exposing him to anything from Maine, but I mean, Maine has one of the lower like coronavirus instant incidence rates in the country. So I'm not super worried about it, but you know, just playing it safe. Um, yeah. So we got a call in between the break and it's, it's, it was kind of interesting. He, he posed a good thought, Jason from Huntsville. Jason, you are you there? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, so if you don't mind, just uh, retouch on what your question is because we kind of talked for a second during the break. But I really, I thought the question was important because 
Uh, there's a lot of people on both sides of that issue that uh, that don't really they they tend to speak for unionists or for unions in general, but they they the unions are so dynamic nowadays, made up of all different types of political politically leaning people that you're never going to get the same answer. Right. Well, first I'd like to say um, just good morning to both of you. Good morning. And I heard um, morning. about this from uh, the majority part the other day when Jacob was <laughs> on there with Sam. That was really nice. Uh, yeah. Well, well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning awesome. in. I'm glad glad we got somebody from the from the majority report. And folks, the majority report is like an online talk radio show. And I, I really love the I listen to the majority. That's really like one of the only talk shows that I actually listen to almost every day. Uh, so I'd recommend checking that out uh, if there's anybody else out there uh, looking for looking for something to listen to through the week. So thanks for thanks for tuning in um, from the majority report. I appreciate it. So what I was wondering was your guys' opinion about medicare for all because i'm actually i a member of the union i work for the post office i'm a member of the postal union and i know that when it comes to medicare for all like i support it personally because i think that we should give health care to all americans but i know that some unions disagree with that and i was wondering what your guys' opinion was about it so my opinion is that I'm um, unreservedly pro Medicare for all, and I think there are multiple reasons uh, to be, as a unionist, to be for Medicare for all. Um, something that Joe Biden during the primary was trying to do and other anti-Medicare for all people were trying to do were trying to make it out like union folk are going to lose out on their health insurance. They're going to lose out on, on the phrase always was um, – the the health care that their that their union bargained for that their union fought for whatever and um that's just silly it's silly and it's it, it's absolutely taking advantage of of the long fight that that unionists have had to to get good health care um and it, it's turning us against like david talked about um pitting uh, older folks that are going to be retiring, you know, one of the union busting proposals in a contract that the company will try to do is they will say, okay, people that are about to retire, you're going to be able to keep your retiree health care or you're going to keep your retire, retiree pension. But for folks just starting out or folks who have only been with the company five or 10 years or whatever, we're not going to give them retiree health coverage. We're not going to give them uh, a, a pension. We're going to give them a 401k. And so this is at a, a large, a high higher level, try, instead of trying to pit old people in the union versus old, young people in the union, they're trying to pit union workers against non-union workers and saying, union workers, y'all are going to lose out. And so just screw the non-union folks, apparently, you know, uh, but, but uh, so I, I don't like it because of the division that, that they would, they would try to sow there, but also just on its merits. I mean, if you look at Medicare for all, if you look at what it covers and, and if you look at how much that's going to cost, it is absolutely a good return on investment for union members. There is not a single, or, or there are very, very few union negotiated healthcare plans that are as, that are as good and as cheap as Medicare for all. You're going to have more covered and you're going to have to pay less for it. And it will rid uh, the country of this um, absolutely blood-sucking um, 
industry called the health insurance industry, where the entire model is literally made off of keeping uh keeping people from having health care like that's that's the whole model they make money by not giving people health care i mean it's um it, it the the health insurance industry is just what one of the one of the most immoral industries in the country i think um so uh, i think that as a unionist you should be for medicare for all uh, there are, but like david said there are a lot of unionists that are against medicare for all and, be, and and it's because of those things like they're they're worried about losing their union negotiated health insurance or, or or they've fallen for lines like that um let's let's clarify real quick when you say the healthcare industry is one of the most blood-sucking industries in the country let's clarify what we're talking about there because and i know what you're talking about but a lot of people may not and what, mm-hmm. what you are talking about is the insurance industry, not the healthcare industry. No, no. So, no, you yeah. know, there is a lot of nurses out there. There's a lot of doctors out there. There's a lot of providers, wonderful, wonderful providers. They're getting squeezed by the insurance industry. As well as as well as the employees or the uh, purchasers of that insurance, right, right, and even the folks like the folks that are working in the health insurance industry, like they they have to have a job, and as it exists today, like this is how people get health care. So like, there's nothing wrong with working in the health insurance industry, but like, absolutely, the executives terrible, terrible. They're I mean, they're profiting off of uh, of working uh, of the suffering of working people. But but you know, like you, like you said, there are a lot of unions um, that are against Medicare for all. Uh, because of these kind of self-interested, interested reasons and anti-solidarity reasons that they're concerned that uh, they're going to lose their union-sponsored health insurance, and that's really unfortunate. Um, now there are there are some arguments like maybe Medicare for all isn't the best universal health care system, and, and you know there, those are there are reasonable arguments to be had there. Uh, but that's kind of uh, where that's kind of where I chime in as well, you know, because we've we've had not a not an in depth discussion on it before, but we've had a small amount of discussion to where you know I'm not a big proponent of Medicare for all as in as far as uh, the, a government-operated Medicare for all, for the simple mm-hmm. fact that you look at what we go through just since the Affordable Health Care Act has been passed—a uh, wonderful act, by the way, even though it relied uh, strictly on uh, on private insurance to make up that difference. But if you look at that, it's a constant fight between mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats on every little thing and i can see if you look at the long term of what medicare for all would look like across a nation i can see every four years us being in a battle for our lives for health care insurance and and it and i and i recognize that it's 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 just so divisive it not the, not once you got everybody on it it wouldn't be very divisive at all but you would be you would have republicans champion privatization once again mm-hmm. we would be fighting we would be marching every every four years trying to keep just what small benefits we've got uh, I, I mean i and 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 coming from my perspective i i would love to see a medicare for all that is a nonprofit that that could maybe start with a federation of all the unions across the nation, making one large, uh, not really, 
it would be a private insurance, but it would be the federation of, of Teamsters, of machinists, of AFGE, and prove that this type of nonprofit would work prior to moving towards something for everyone. Because I, I just, you know, I have so little trust for the government, turning things over to the government. And at, at, at our point, if we don't like our insurance, we can fight. We, we have direct action. If the government gets a hold of it, I don't know. I, I you know, it, 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 I, I don't see it. I don't see, I see it being extremely divisive. Yeah. And I think, I think that the, um, the thing to clarify there is that you're definitely pro Medicare for all insofar as like against the system that we have now. Like, yeah, if, exactly. If you have to between, exactly. Yeah. If you have to choose between Medicare for all and what we have now, Medicare for all is the obvious choice. Um, but, uh, Jason, if you want to hang on, uh, we can bring you back over the break. We're going to, we're heading into a break right now. He was, he was just wanting to, he wanted, he, oh, he, he really he, didn't he, want to do a lot of discussion. He wanted to pose sure, sure. a question and drop off. So, Gotcha. I, I dropped him off. Okay. All right. Well, folks, this is the Valley Labor Report. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Dale Jackson Show, a safe space for terrible people. Weekdays, 7 to 11 a.m., only on WVNN. WVNN. Good morning and welcome back 
to the Valley Labor Report. This is Jacob Morrison. Uh, my name is Jacob Morrison. Uh, here with my co-host, David Story. Uh, we were just talking um, on the phone with uh, Jason. He called from Huntsville about uh, Medicare for All. And, and yeah, I think, I think we pretty much, you know, as far as just kind of a, a 30,000-foot 30, foot view, I think, I think we covered our, our opinions on it pretty well. I, I will say, though, that I think, I think that I'm, I'm generally less distrustful of the government than David is. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that, um, I, I think that I, I worry some about, um, about stuff like distrusting the government because the government is just made up of people. And I think that we should absolutely distrust politicians, but, um, but it's I think terrible that, you know, people, man. it is terrible people, right? I mean, can you imagine yeah, yeah. having the Medicare for all right now? Can you imagine well, see, us I mean, being like, reliant have, under I, Medicare I, for I, all I, and Trump writing every executive order he could possibly write to derail mine and your health care? Yeah, but I mean, see, um, we have Medicare right now, and he's not. We have Social yeah, well, Security he's, yeah, right he's, now, but how, and he's also done everything he can to attack the Affordable Health Care Act. He has, he has, and but uh, but they haven't been to overturn it because it's because it's so popular now, and and oh, we're and, come and, on, and we're, they were and, so close. You know, the all they were, they were saving grace. Was I mean not my hero by no stretch of the imagination, but God help us when John McCain, God rest his soul, is the only person standing between uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people across the United States losing their health care insurance. So I mean, come on, let's get real here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hammer you, but I am saying this is that if you think that was a simple simple we can trust these the government no no well absolutely see, yeah. not i mean i think that i think that one of one of the biggest reasons the affordable care act was is so vulnerable is because it's not a universal program uh, like you know we we've seen the attacks on medicare and social security uh, don't go nearly as far and the mail uh, we've is seen, a universal program What's that? Mail is a universal program. It is, and I was I was about to talk about that, but I mean, I think even that kind of illustrates my point because it's so popular, and there has been there has been a, a big uprising against um, uh, destroying the mail, and um, and you know, I I just I don't know, I kind of um, I don't know. Seems yeah. like we got we got a little I, it's, bit it's too difficult for me to imagine. I guess it's difficult for me to imagine something. Um, oper- because like with the government, right, you can you can run in a deficit or you can, if you need to or, um, you know, it can be uh, pretty easily bailed out. Um, it, it, whereas even with a nonprofit, the incentive structure for nonprofits are really not that much different than for profits. You can be a, a multimillionaire executive of a nonprofit um, and. And, and they can't run a deficit like a government can, you know. And so that that's my biggest worry with even even with having like union administered uh, nonprofit health insurance. Um, and, and then even that is something that you're going to have to opt in either by way of being a member of a union or buying it as a non-member of a union. Uh, whereas a government sponsored national health insurance program or national health care program like the NHS, you know, the NHS in Britain is a government 
government administered healthcare, and then Medicare in Canada is uh, government sponsored health insurance. And so these are uh, different things, but but the the government is the one financing both of them. And um, the reason that that works uh, so much better than, or in my opinion, it would work so much better than a nonprofit uh, is that everyone has to pay in and everyone necessarily gets the benefits of it where with a nonprofit you could you could be looking at lots of people still not having health care and i don't think that's i don't really think that's a that's the solution that i would want to be going towards yeah i mean i'm not yeah i I disagree with you but i'm not <laughs> yeah i mean look i mean this is the great thing about you know We've talked about it on Dixieland of the Proletariat. So this is the great thing about unions in general is it gives everyone a voice uh, to disagree with one another mm-hmm. and hopefully come to a consensus. But if we can't come to a consensus, move forward with a majority. And, and um, you know, the... That is, you're talking about the uh, the, the the differences um, that, that union members have, and some of the differences that you and I have. Even um, there, there are people that have way more differences than I than than David and I do, and they're still members of the same union. And you can go back and listen to our interview with uh, the nurses from the Pennsylvania Association of Staff Nurses and Allied Professionals, um, Bill and Joe. Those are two folks. Uh, Bill is a um, ultra liberal type person he may even be listening right now he he, he listens pretty regularly uh he's a uh, so you know if you're if you're listening to us say hey bill, hey, um, bill. and joe yeah, we love y'all yeah we love him and joe uh, describes himself as a as a conservative christian constitutionalist and so obviously they have radically different politics but in that interview you can really tell the love and solidarity and like the brotherly love that they have for each other and the respect that they have for each other even though they have some of these differences and that is the, that that is what i think is the is is one of the most beautiful things about unions and unionism is that it allows people from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life to come together and fight for each other because like you Not get these wedge issues i mean think about think yeah. about us when we got off the radio with them it allowed two people mm-hmm. with two other people hundreds of miles away that it never i mean we got off the radio just in love with these guys it yeah. brings the solidarity together of people that you've never met before right you know I- exactly but uh, like um it is it, it is really beautiful and you know like with politics you get so many of these like wedge issues that people start that people can throw at you to try to divide you from your brothers and sisters and try to make you vote against your economic interests like obviously um having a more progressive taxation system is in the economic interest of working people but uh, you get working people voting against um uh, people who would implement a more progressive taxation system because you get these wedge issues like abortion or gay marriage or whatever the cultural issue of the day is and you get people hung up on these things it doesn't have anything to do with them like you don't want gay marriage then don't get gay married right like that's the whole thing like it doesn't matter what you do um but you get people to vote on these issues and they're then they're not voting on economics 
Well, the union, it just takes like it doesn't it really doesn't matter what your opinion on the this or that cultural issue is, uh, because you're standing together in solidarity with your brothers and sisters fighting for a good contract. You're you know, the contract that you have with your company doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> with with what your opinion on abortion or birth or, or birth control or, or gay marriage or anything like that is. It is just about your paycheck and your health care and your retirement and your working condition. And that's something that everybody can unite on. And once you unite on those things, you really are able to see because these are like intimate discussions right you're talking about david mentioned being on strike for 93 days you know the decision that that you have with yourself and your brothers and sisters on the job to go on strike for 93 days that is a huge decision and so you necessarily have to have intimate conversations with your brothers and sisters on the job like can we afford to do this is this something that we can afford to do how much are you know how much are you making what's your healthcare situation look like are we going to be able to support each other through this strike these are intimate conversations that you're having with people that you would not have with have with them otherwise and it makes them more human i mean joe had said something kind of jokingly about how he had never realized that like liberals were so human right that they were so so similar to him. And that is really a beautiful thing is coming together and being able to see the humanity in the people that you're working with and the people that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that you do the same job as and that, that you wouldn't have otherwise. And, 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 it's really beneficial for us as a class of working people to be able to come together in solidarity like that and, and fight for one another. Um, because you're not, you're not going to get that so much in party politics or in, in, in anything else, really. No, it's the worst. I mean, really, you look at what's going on in today's society. And look, we give, we give Trump a lot of hate. We give, uh, you know, and we give Democrats a lot of hate as well. But mm-hmm. you look at what's going on in electoral politics today and how absolutely I mean it's almost to the point where it, it it's psychologically debilitating. Yeah, uh, no I mean I mean seriously. If you it look is, at it absolutely. from a, from a yeah. you know, from like you said the three thousand foot perspective, it's it's psychologically debilitating. And who wants to be involved in this mess constantly, constantly, constantly uh, you know, and the union gives you that that ability to come together no matter no matter what just like you yeah. said no matter what no matter what your ideologies is we're all striving for the same thing and that is to take care of our family to have mm-hmm. you know good benefits to have good working conditions to be safe on the mm-hmm. job to be able to retire at a reasonable age right. you know a lot of these things that unfortunately uh a lot of workers are, are, especially in Alabama, but across the nation as well. A lot of these workers are going to be work. I mean, look at what's going on at Walmart. Look, mm-hmm. look at look at the greeters at Walmart, and and just think this is this is the next generation is going to be ten times worse than that if we don't yeah. come together and change. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And and you know, one of these days we're going to get you. You're so you. Uh, David is the president of the Machinist Union local down in Decatur, and he's got. Um, you know, you can imagine uh, a machine shop in Alabama. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of um, not liberal or not progressive folks, right? And um, you've got a really strong libertarian fellow that's that's one of your members. Oh, and one of these of, days we're going to bring really him on strong. the radio and talk to him about it because that is just and. 
and a majority report listeners are going to love that too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, that, that's a wonderful thing. It, it yeah. bridges all divides. It bridges all divides, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, and we got about well, we got about a minute and a half left. You know, and we'll maybe we can come back on the other side of this segment. We got one more segment to go and talk about this. But I would really like to talk about Labor Day on coming up on Monday. And how we can all stand in solidarity. You know, me, I'm off. Of course I'm off. You're off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting paid to be off, thank God. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of workers, especially retail workers, healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of workers out there that uh, that are not, they're going to have to work. Right. And we, we really need to talk about the solidarity, what we can do as people that are off to get our shopping done today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And and don't shop with these uh, employers on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Force these employers to start taking Labor Day off and pay their employees. Uh, right. You know. Do that, and then even more than that, um, whenever you go, whenever you do go, and and, and you know, obviously, like uh, not every situation is going to. Uh, lend itself to this but occasionally you start talking to the people that are serving you um talk to you know if you're in a union or uh you know especially like if you're in the iww like david and i both are we're we're dual carters in the iww um talk to him about organizing on the job because that's how more much more than you not shopping on labor day that is how they're going to get the day off that's how they're going to get the day off in the future is they're going to have to organize and they're going to have to have a union and they're going to have to uh, be willing to fight for each other for this uh, for for a day off and for higher wages and for health care. So talk to them about joining a union, you know, give them a give them a card. Say, hey, call me. I, I'd love to You're talk listening to, to the you Valley about Labor to- Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.com. 
AFGE.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. Just more than that. A population burned up, bled dry. Marginalized, multiply. And unite to fight. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. I'm here with my co-host David Story. Man, I'm I'm real bad about uh, I'm real bad about getting cut off by the brakes. I uh, <laughs> not not good at at <laughs> feeling that out. So, uh, like I was saying on the other side, you know, if, if the opportunity presents itself, you know consider talking to those folks about organizing or, or if you if you know somebody that works in the service industry definitely and you're yeah, in a union in definitely talk to them about organizing and like that because that is how it, uh, the the labor power that they have is is infinitely more powerful than you shopping or not shopping on labor day like that does almost nothing like that's fine do that like don't shop on labor day but that does almost nothing the the way for them to get higher wages, better working conditions, more days off, uh, sick leave, stuff like that is to organize. That's really the only way, you know, theoretically it could come through legislation through the government, but where David and I definitely agree is to not advocate for the government doing things I think is fine, but don't depend on it. Don't rely on it and don't count on it. Because uh, the government politicians are unreliable. Politicians are unreliable. The government, uh, you know, I think it is the, the people that work there. I work in the government, right? I'm a federal employee. I think I think that we're pretty reliable. But the politicians, the people who are the hold the purse strings, they're not so much reliable. And so who can you rely on? You can rely on your brothers and sisters that are standing next to you on your job at your workplace because those are the people that have historically done that's where change has happened historically that is how people have gotten the things that they gotten that they have even when it comes from the government it comes from the labor movement demanding that the government do that or else right or else power concedes like in the interview john said in in the interview so make sure that you're Make sure that you're looking out for that interview. But but John from Local S6, he, he said, um, he quoted Frederick Douglass, power concedes nothing without a demand. And a demand requires the power to back it up. 
Okay. Like you're not going to get anything if you don't demand it. And you're still not going to get anything if you don't have power to back up that, that demand with a threat of force. And right. To, and to clarify what you're talking about earlier, you know, as far as organizing the retail workers and things like that, you know, there's probably a lot of union members out there that has no clue what the IWW is or what mm-hmm. wobblies are. So, you know, let's take a second and just say, you know, the reason that we are dual carters, the reason that we originally engaged and you helped bring this branch together in Huntsville was because of the fact that we understand that as business union members in AFGE and in the machinist union, that we don't have the capability of organizing some workers. But through, mm-hmm. but through the IWW, we have the ability to organize any worker any worker whatsoever right and 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 that's something that needs to be stated you know if uh if you're out there and you're a retail worker or or, you know a service industry worker or something other like that and you've always said there's no unions anywhere in my industry i've never even heard of unions in this industry before we can get you organized in your industry Mm -hmm. we can get a union into your industry yeah yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, and that that is, like David said, that's what appealed to me about the IWW, right? Like, I can't go into a bar as a member of the American Federation of Government Employees, right? <laughs> and say, hey, do you want to join my union? But as a member of the IWW, I can. The Industrial Workers of the World is a... Um, it is a union that will allow any workers to organize within it. It's one one big union, and um, the uh, it, it's a lot. There's there's definitely a lower bar to entry uh, as far as um, you know as far as joining the IWW go joining the IWW goes compared to like other unions, and and, and um, it's easy. It, it can be easier to organize with the IWW if you uh, if you're properly motivated, you know. Um, so, uh, so definitely, you know, if you've, if you've thought about organizing and you're like, well, there's no unions in my industry, well, let us know. There may be, there may even be business. You may have two options. You may, might could organize with the IWW or you might could organize with a business union. Um, you, you may just not have heard of it. You yeah. know, there yeah. are unions in, in this area that, that folks would have never known were there. Like I, I, until I met David, I had no idea that there was a machinist union anywhere near me. Right. But there is. So, um, you know, definitely like send the page a message. If you're like, if you're just curious, like, can I even organize? Um, you can is the answer. And you may even have multiple options. Yeah. And you can message us. And that's the thing about it. You know, we're doing this radio station where, I mean, granted, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to preach to the masses, but the, the one of the biggest reasons we're doing this radio radio station is so people will have the ability to contact us and if we mm-hmm. can't get you organized and all if, if you're not right for the machinists or if you're not right for afge we got iww if it's something else we can go to the steel workers we've got contacts mm-hmm. all across the state and nation as far as that goes to put you in touch with people that can organize in your industry right. specifically right and like we don't care what union you organize no, with there's some people not. 
Yeah, there are some people that may be in the Machinist Union or or in the IWW or in AFGE who's who's like, I'm not going to organize anybody if it's not in my union and it doesn't benefit me. I, I think there are very few people like that. Don't get me wrong, but there may be a few. There may be a few people that are like that. Like we absolutely don't care. We just want you to be able to have a union, you to be able to have collective bargaining and a collective voice on your job because that's what's important to us is building worker power. Like we're not like David spent uh, ten and tens and tens of hours um, helping some workers down south uh, think about organizing. And he didn't get, he doesn't get commission on organizing <laughs> workers, right? We don't get, we don't get anything for any of this. We have a passion for helping people make their lives better and helping them make the lives of their brothers and sisters better. That's the only reason that we're doing this. That's the only reason that we're in the labor movement. That is that is the beginning and end of the thing. Yeah. You want to talk about a rising tide raises all boats. The union is the yes. rising tide that raises all boats. I guarantee you that. Right. Yeah. It's not lower taxes. It's not making sure that the people who buy yachts can have a yacht tax break. It's the labor movement. It's yeah. working people having a voice. It is, um, it's being able to bargain collectively for your working conditions on the job. That is the rising tide that raises all boats, and it can raise boats today, and that is how boats have historically risen. I mean, seriously, if you go back and look into anything uh, that workers take for granted, any freedom that you have in and from the workplace, it came from the labor movement. Yep, yep. We got about uh, 10 more seconds, Jacob. Why don't you... Uh I, I appreciate everybody listening yeah. today, especially on this Labor yeah. Day weekend. But take us out, brother, and I'll see yeah. you soon. Folks, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, man, we are so sorry that we weren't able to get those interviews to you. So make sure you are subscribed to us on YouTube at The Valley Labor Report, or you're supporting us on Patreon so that you can hear those interviews. And with that, folks, we will see you next week. <laughs>